Hello, you're listening to New Week number 102. This is a midweek update from New World Saint Humans, a newsletter on trends, technology, and our shared future by me, David Mattin. You can find the links, videos, and images in this instalment in the email where this podcast is embedded. Just scroll down or on the web. See a link in the show notes. And if you're listening to this and you haven't yet subscribed, join 22,000 curious souls on a journey to build a better future. Go to www.newworldsamehumans.com to sign up. Hello there, same humans. Here in London, winter is coming. But a collection of remarkable stories means we have a white-hot instalment of New Week to dive into. So what do we have in store? Well, new research shows that large language models such as GPT-3 can accurately simulate the opinions and preferences of real people. It could herald a revolution for the social sciences, including for foresight. Meanwhile, one handy chart captures the stunning scale of Mark Zuckerberg's metaverse bet and researchers grow a tiny brain in a petri dish and watch it teach itself to play the iconic video game Pong. Let's get started. The Person Simulator This week, a window opened on yet another strange and powerful aspect of large language models, and regular listeners will know that large language models are a New World Same Human's obsession. Researchers at Brigham Young University published a paper called One Out of Many, Using Language Models to Simulate Human Samples. It looks at the use of GPT-3 to simulate the opinions of different population groups with a high degree of accuracy. The researchers conditioned GPT-3 by feeding it response data from multiple large surveys of political and cultural preferences in the United States, and they then found that the AI could output further opinions and perspectives in, and I quote, ways that are nuanced, multifaceted, and reflect the complex interplay between ideas, attitudes, and socio-cultural context that characterise human attitudes. Essentially, what they're saying is GPT-3 is good at simulating people. If you tell it a bit about the opinions of a person, it's good at predicting other opinions and preferences that they'll hold. And if you look into the email, you can see a graphic showing GPT-3 doing just that when it comes to US politics. The researchers suggest this opens up an arresting possibility for social scientists. They call it silicon sampling. That is the simulation of people inside language models who can then be interrogated as a real human population would be. Here's the New World Same Humans take. This story sees two New World Same Humans obsessions come together. First, natural language models and our current quest to understand their nature and capabilities. And second, the emergence of new forms of simulation as powerful tools for insight in the 21st century. Across the last few weeks, I've written repeatedly on the dream when it comes to next generation simulations, and that is the ability to simulate complex social dynamics and collective human behaviours, including entire societies. 
The findings in this paper offer an exciting new avenue when it comes to that quest. The potential use cases are manifold and hugely consequential. Imagine a future, for example, in which political parties test new policy ideas via silicon sampling before putting them in front of real focus groups, or where brands put product and service concepts in front of simulated people to test their likely enthusiasm. The report authors warn that silicon sampling will aid bad actors too. People will use simulated people to test the believability and effectiveness of disinformation campaigns and information warfare. Computation and the social sciences just collided in an entirely new way. This newsletter will keep watching. OK, bet. This week's Meta Connect event saw Mark Zuckerberg invite us deeper into his vision for the metaverse. And you already know this because the coverage was unavoidable. It was everywhere. The company showcased a raft of new technology, including the new MetaQuest Pro, which delivers higher pixel resolution and an improved pass-through AR experience. But the coverage that most caught my eye, it was a chart from the tech publication The Information, which shows the scale of the bet that Zuckerberg is making. This chart shows that Meta is set to spend an estimated $70 billion on its pivot to the metaverse by 2026. And according to the information's analysis, no tech company has ever invested as much in a new technology or platform before seeing proof of success in the market. For example, if you look at the chart, you'll see Apple's iPhone cost an estimated $3.4 billion dollars to develop. That's a lot of money, but it's nowhere near the 70 billion that Zuckerberg is ploughing into the metaverse. It amounts to a calculated gamble that is unprecedented in Silicon Valley, maybe unprecedented in corporate history. Here's my take. When Facebook went public, Zuckerberg devised a share class structure that gave him 58% of total voting rights. Meta is a corporate monarchy. And now the king is marching all 80,000 of his subjects towards a new promised land. Critics have argued that Meta is embracing this pivot to distract us, consumers and regulators alike, from concerns around disinformation and targeted ads. Look at the scale of this bet and that idea crumbles. If all the Zuck wanted to do is distract people, there are far cheaper ways to do it. What's happening inside Meta only makes sense in light of a deep, ideological belief that the Metaverse is the next, and in some sense the final, stage of this journey we've all been on for 30 years now, our journey into this thing we call the Internet. For true Metaverse believers like the Zuck, it's 1995 all over again. The gold rush is only just beginning. So the big question, of course, is... Is Zuckerberg right? And the answer, I'm afraid, is that no one can know yet. That's what makes this a huge bet. But while there are massive questions to answer about the metaverse, and this newsletter will spend many words, no doubt, on those questions in future instalments for years to come, the boundaries that separate this world from virtual worlds 
are set to become ever more porous in the years ahead. The competition to own that shift will be titanic. Meta are positioning themselves for a long war. Brain Pong. This is surely the strangest story I've ever featured in an instalment of New Week. Researchers at a life sciences startup called Cortical Labs announced this week that they grew a mini brain in a dish and that it then taught itself to play the iconic video game Pong. This story actually first appeared late in 2021, but this week saw publication of the full research paper in the journal Neuron. Lab-grown mini-brains, and they're also known as brain organoids, are tiny clumps of neurons cultivated from human stem cells. They're not new. They were first developed in 2013, and they're doing much to help scientists understand the nature and workings of the brain. But this is the first time that brain organoids have been plugged into an external environment and interacted with that environment in a goal-directed way. So what happened is researchers plugged the brain organoid into a simulated game environment that sent it information about the position of the paddle and the ball. The organoid was motivated to avoid the reset of the game that happens when the paddle misses the ball, when the player misses, essentially, because this subjects it to a high energy demand. It takes a lot of energy for the organoid to manage that game reset. And as a result, it started to move the paddle to avoid those resets. And within five minutes, the organoid was demonstrating a hit rate way better than random chance, which means, in other words, that it had taught itself to play Pong. Here's the New World Same Humans take. As I said, surely the strangest story ever featured in an instalment of New Week, but it may also turn out to be one of the most consequential. The researchers here talk of having created a sentient mini-brain. Now that's a stretch because most people take sentient to mean conscious and capable of subjective experience. These brain organoids were not that. Then again, neither is your phone, and that doesn't mean that it's not extremely useful. In short, this work raises the possibility that in future, we'll grow mini-brains in the lab and then leverage their computational power to do useful things. And what's more, in this case, while the brain organoids didn't get as good as our best AIs at Pong, they did learn the game faster. AIs typically take around 90 minutes to achieve the level of competence that these mini-brains managed in just five minutes. So not only then will we be able to grow our own compute, but it may prove more effective in some contexts than our best machine intelligence. The real power may come, though, if via these organoids we can fuse organic and machine intelligence in new ways. As the research paper has it, this work may give rise to silico-biological computational platforms that surpass the performance of existing purely silicon hardware. In the intelligence revolution we're living through, it feels as though we just stormed a whole new barricade. Also this week, the White House is coordinating a five-year research plan to study ways to cool the Earth by reflecting sunlight back into space. 
The Office of Science and Technology Policy say the research will look at the costs and benefits of a number of plans, including a plan to spray reflective aerosols into the stratosphere. Greece was briefly powered entirely by renewable energy sources this week. The independent power transmission operator said a mix of renewables, including wind and solar, for the first time provided 100% of the country's energy for around five hours last Friday. NASA confirmed that its double asteroid redirection test, or DART, mission was a success. Scientists say their spacecraft collided with and changed the course of the Dimorphos asteroid. A Dutch court says it's a human rights violation to demand employees work with their webcams on. In a case involving a Dutch telemarketer hired by a US firm, the court ruled that insisting on webcams is in conflict with the respect for the privacy of workers. Researchers say AIs can accurately predict the response of specific patients to antidepressant medication. A new paper shows how an AI can predict response to the antidepressant cetraline with 84% accuracy. Police in Edmonton, Canada used DNA phenotyping to generate an image of an unseen suspect. The image was created using DNA collected during the investigation. The police have no other images of the suspect. Critics point out that the technique does not take account of the suspect's age, diet and other environmental factors. And finally, a team of scientists called for urgent research into the nature and causes of civilizational collapse. Writing in the prestigious Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences, the researchers say discussions of collapse have been dominated so far by philosophers and artists and novelists, and they call for scientists to start studying collapse mechanisms and how we can collectively adapt so as to avoid them. Humans of Earth, here's some key metrics to help you keep track of Project Human. The global population stands at 7.981 billion. Earth's currently needed stands at 1.790. The global population vaccinated against COVID stands at 62.9%. The 2022 progress bar stands at 79%. And on this day, the 14th of October 1066, the Battle of Hastings marks the start of the Norman Conquest of England. That's really one from the history books for you. Synthetic Futures. Thanks for listening this week. So it turns out that large language models are, among many other things, accurate people simulators. The implications for the social sciences, including futures and foresight studies, are manifold. This newsletter will keep watching. And there's one thing you can do to help, and that's share. So now you've reached the end of this week's instalment. Why not forward the email to someone else who'd also enjoy it? Or share it across one of your social networks with a note on why you found it valuable. Remember... The larger and more diverse the New World Same Humans community becomes, the better for all of us. All you have to do is navigate back to the email where this podcast is embedded and hit the big red share button at the bottom of the email. I'll be back next week. Until then, be well.